0: Today on Green Cars, the podcast, what is range anxiety and how do you get rid of it? We'll find out. Welcome to Green Cars, the podcast, where we talk about all things involving hybrid, plug in hybrid, and all electric vehicles. I'm Trish Close.
1: And I'm Dave Nichols. Today we're looking into range anxiety. And that has nothing to do with road range, as far as I know. Trish, What do you think of range anxiety?
0: I have never given range anxiety, really much thought at all. I don't have an electric vehicle, but I do know that feeling when you're on a long road trip, you're running low on gas and you have no idea where the closest gas station is.
1: Yep, I asked one of our producers uh, to define range anxiety and he thought it was a fear of ovens or stoves. Yeah, that's not right. I don't think so. As it turns out, range anxiety has to do with the fear that your all electric vehicle is gonna run out of electricity when you're on a road trip or charge anxiety, which is having the fear that you won't find that charge station when you need it. But range anxiety is actually cited as one of the reasons why people stay away from buying an electric vehicle.
0: I've heard, though, once you buy an EV, something very interesting happens. You realize that your car is basically a device, much like your smartphone or your laptop, and how often do you run out of juice on those?
1: Right. It's all about planning ahead, right? So most EV owners simply plug in their cars overnight, and that way every morning it's like having a full charge of electrons.
0: How many miles do you drive in an actual day, though?
1: According to the Department of Transportation, the average American only drives 37 miles a day.
0: So that means owners of plug-in hybrids may rarely use any gasoline at all unless they go on a long road trip.
1: Right, and EV technology and battery technology is improving by leaps and bounds adding more range and more EVs capable of traveling from 200 to 300 miles. That's kind of normal Mm -hmm. now. My neighbor has a Chevy Bolt, and she gets 259 miles on a charge. So she only actually charges it overnight, like once a week.
0: Wow. So for most people, range anxiety really only exists if you know very little about electric cars. And EV owners soon find that their worry over running out of electricity is really unfounded.
1: Right. And, And if you're on a road trip... You know, you've got in dash navigation to find out where the and there's smartphone apps too to show you where the next charging station is. So it's really not a problem, and it takes about a half an hour to charge up your your vehicle mm-hmm. on level three charging. So you can have lunch and then you're back on the road again.
0: I've also read the number of charging stations has actually doubled, right, um, in the last two years. Now 162 thousand stations currently available.
1: Right, and that's going to quadruple. In the next couple of years, by 2025, uh, it won't be a problem. You're going to be able to find a charging station, you know. So what do EV owners think about range anxiety? You know, people that already have one, do they have this problem? We sent our own David Biondi out to ask them exactly that.
2: I have taken up to Eugene and a few times to Portland, but, uh, you know. I don't go too far, but I do enjoy driving it more so than a gas vehicle. Before you had the Bolt, uh, what was your feeling about range anxiety? Was that an issue? A friend of mine has an
3: older Leaf, and he gave me all kinds of fear. And he told me that basically I went up hills or in the wintertime I was going to have some serious issues. And so when I bought my Bolt, I had some, some real misgivings because I bought it in Klamath Falls. And I had to drive it over the mountain
4: at nighttime. It's pretty cold. And I was wondering if I was going to make it home. Before I got an EV, I was nervous because I was born in Detroit. My grandfather, my dad, my brother, they all worked for Ford at one point in time. We're, I was part of that Motor City culture. And, and in our society, we often don't think about filling up with gas because there's a gas station on every block almost. So we don't worry about that. Yes, range anxiety was an issue before.
2: But I worked through it, and it didn't take me very long, and I'm happy I did it. It's quieter ride. It's easier for me.
3: Before I bought an EV, my range anxiety was pretty extreme. I didn't think I would get where I needed to go.
2: So how did you deal with that? Did you do research, or what did you do to kind of overcome the range anxiety and get yourself into an electric vehicle?
3: The research I did was to look at what those people's experiences were, and there are people who are saying you're going to have problems, but a lot of them weren't EV owners. And people that are EV owners were doing great, so I thought I could do great as well.
4: I think a, one of the primary choices in my first electric car purchase was the range it would get. Back in the day, we didn't have a lot of options. There were 90-mile cars, 100-mile cars, that was all you could get. But there was a time period where my wife owned a 300-mile electric car, and I was going to buy an 85-mile electric car. And I think if you have a two-car family, that's a pretty good combo because you've got a car that'll go a little farther, and then you've got one that would just run around town for groceries and errands and whatnot. So you could, you could contend with that.
2: I would say if you're jumping in from a gas vehicle to an electric vehicle, that don't overthink it. It is a lot simpler than you think. Okay, is there anxiety? Yes, but a little tiny bit. I think it's just a matter of
4: sort of changing your mindset. And to be honest with you, gas car drivers do this also. When they're in the city or in a populated area, they don't think twice about it. It's easy. But if you're out in the sticks, if you're driving from, I don't know, let's say Vegas to Ketchum, Idaho, and you're going to be on a lonely two-lane highway with many miles to go, you will inquire. You'll look in. You'll make sure that there's going to be a gas station within 50, 60, 70 miles. And even on some big interstates in the West, we have signs that say next service 112 miles so that people can prepare for when the gas will be available. It's the same thing we do in an EV.
0: So there is a little fear of mm-hmm. running out of juice, but as we just heard, it, pretty, it fades pretty quickly. Right. Okay. Well, speaking of range of today's EVs, we want to go to the range wall to see which electric vehicles offer the most range, according to Kelly Blue Book.
1: All the way down at the bottom of our list, we see the vehicle with the lowest range is the all-electric Mini SE Hardtop with a range of 114 miles.
0: Next up, the Mercedes-Benz EQB 300 crossover does quite a bit better with a range of 245 miles.
1: Then the excellent Porsche Taycan brings in 246 miles of range.
0: But it's edged out by the Audi e-tron GT at 249 miles.
1: And at less than half the price of that e-tron, the Kia Niro will take you 253 miles on a charge.
0: Which brings us to the top 10 with your neighbor's Chevy Bolts with a range of 259 miles.
1: But the Bolt is bested by the Mercedes EQS 450 4MATIC SUV with a range of 285 miles.
0: Now we enter the rarefied air of the BMW i5 eDrive40 luxury sedan with its range of 295 miles.
1: And next we crack the 300 mile range barrier with the sleek Mercedes EQE 350 plus sedan at 305 miles of range.
0: Mm, This is getting exciting. The futuristic Polestar 2 hatchback brings home 320 miles of range.
1: But is edged out by the BMW iX luxury SUV at 324 miles.
0: Mm, Not fair. The Beamer is beat by another Mercedes. The EQS 450 plus sedan gets 350 miles on a charge.
1: And is swept aside by the Tesla Model 3 with its range of 358 miles.
0: In the number two spot, Tesla beats a Tesla as the mighty Model S brings a range of 402 miles.
1: And that brings us to the top spot. With the most range available today, the plush and powerful Lucid Air sedan will take you an astounding, wait for it, 520 miles of range. Wow. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> that was fun.
1: Yeah. Okay, fun fact, Trish. If you took all of our top 10 cars we just talked about, mm-hmm. lined them up, and you drove the first one, its entire range, okay. jumped into the next one, drove it its entire range, and so forth. By the time you were done, you will have traveled 5,379 miles. That's roughly from Dallas, Texas to Anchorage, Alaska, give or, give or take a few miles.
0: Wow, that is incredible. Road trip? Ah, hey, I'm up for
1: it. <laughs> and that concludes today's Range Wall.
0: Which launches us into our mailbag to answer questions that you have about EVs.
1: And our first text comes from Ira Leventhal, who asks, what's the difference between level one and level two charging for an EV?
0: So level one charging is just plugging into a regular 120 volt wall outlet. Level two, though, that's a step up. You actually have to get an electrician to plumb your garage for 240 volt current, right?
1: Yes. The difference is how long it takes to charge your car uh, from 20% to 80%. Level 1 charging takes 40 to 50 hours to charge your EV, up to 80%, and it could take 5 or 6 hours to charge a plug-in hybrid.
0: So then how fast is Level 2 by comparison?
1: It's a a big difference. It only takes 4 to 10 hours to charge the EV, and a plug-in hybrid might take 1 or 2 hours.
0: That is amazing.
1: Do we have another question from the mailbag?
0: We do, Dave. Colleen White from Chillicothe, Ohio, wants to know what kind of cars we drive.
1: Oh, that's a loaded question.
0: I still have a gasoline-powered car that I love, my Volkswagen Jetta, Um, but the show, I don't know, is slowly changing my mind about that.
1: Well, and I have a Prius that I bought brand new in 2008. It has 316,000 miles on it, still running great, but I recently bought a 2017 Prius through driveway.com. Oh, how was that? That was an amazing experience. I never had to go into a dealership, did everything online got the car I wanted, and it was a completely hassle-free experience.
0: And they delivered the car to you, right?
1: They did. It came from Washington State. They drove it out. They showed me all kinds of pictures of it before Mm -hmm. I purchased it. It was just a very easy experience.
0: I thought for sure you would have an EV. Well, see,
1: I think that a lot of people, you know, they go from a gasoline-powered car to a a hybrid, to maybe a plug-in hybrid, to an all-electric vehicle, It's like I see this pattern over and over again.
0: Baby steps, right? The the hybrid is almost (laughs) like a gateway to an electric vehicle.
1: Right, yeah. And uh, my hybrid right now, I mean, it works just perfect for my family, Mm -hmm. but I'm waiting for them to, to the technology to catch up a little bit. You know, right now we're using lithium-ion batteries. I'm waiting for the solid-state batteries to come.
0: Uh, Better for the environment, right?
1: Absolutely. And that brings us to... EV news from the future for you today.
0: Let's see what's up. Do you see what I did there, Dave?
1: Yeah, I I, like it.
0: Thanks. First, range anxiety may soon be reduced by EV chargers that come to you. You heard that right. In a recent article in Bloomberg, a number of startup companies are producing robots that will prowl parking lots looking for EVs to charge.
1: In a study by J.D. Power, 20% of EV owners say they've experienced having problems with roadside charging stations being broken or malfunctioning. And soon, companies such as Lightning eMotors will produce mobile chargers, which can be called via an app to come out to where you are and rescue you, and they can charge up to four vehicles at a time.
0: Meanwhile, The Verge reports a new Ram 1500 Ram charger will be the next step in hybrid pickup trucks offering a range of 690 miles. Amazing. It's basically
1: an EV with dual electric motors that includes a gasoline generator to produce more range. Its 92 kilowatt hour battery will take you 145 miles on electric power alone, and zero to 60 happens in 4.4 seconds.
0: And this is a separate vehicle, right, from the new Ram 1500
1: Rev. Yep. Yeah, the Rev has a bigger battery, uh, and it will take you 500 miles of range, wow. is what they're saying. Uh, there's no gasoline generator, so it's a more of a, a mm-hmm. pure EV. But that's not the biggest news of the week.
0: Wait, there's more. <laughs> yes.
1: A new electric roadway in Detroit will charge your car as you move over it. Nuh-uh. Yep. It's true. Detroit is now the home of the first stretch of road that can wirelessly charge your EV whether it's parked or moving, wow. you don't have to stop and plug it in. Axios tells us that an Israeli company called Electrion has installed its wireless charging system on a quarter mile of Detroit's 14th street to test the technology in the real world. It's also being tested in Europe, Israel, and China.
0: That's absolutely incredible. Last up, sales are up. Hybrid, plug-in hybrid, all electric vehicles Sales rose 17.7% in America during the third quarter of this year. Now, that's up from 12.5% last year in 2022. Electric car prices declined across the most popular models, though. That's contributing to the rise in third quarter sales.
1: As for future tech, solid-state batteries are coming that will offer way better range, higher energy density, and faster charging. They are both lighter and safer.
0: I also read solid-state batteries could reduce climate impact by 39% over lithium-ion batteries, right?
1: Yep, and the range is just incredible. That's why over 50 companies are currently rushing to get this technology to market. But before we talk about why solid-state batteries could be a game-changer for future EVs, let's look at the problems with lithium-ion battery packs in electric cars
0: because it's all about making things better for the environment. Switching to an electric car will cut emissions significantly, but the use of lithium ion batteries is really increasing the mining of such metals as lithium, cobalt, and nickel, and then mining lithium has its own series of environmental issues. We're talking about things like deforestation, high use of water in countries that have no water to spare, and then toxic waste like mercury, cyanide, arsenic.
1: Yep. And another thing to consider is how clean is the electricity that we're using? Because EVs produce no tailpipe emissions, but our electric grid relies on fossil fuels, coal, oil, and natural gas. But- The power companies are changing, and they're starting to use renewable resources such as hydro, wind, solar energy, that sort of thing, to fuel our EVs.
0: And this circles us back to something that we've hit on a couple times in this episode, um, and really technology for future EVs in the form of solid-state batteries.
1: Yep. For instance, Toyota has recently revealed a solid-state battery— that has a range of 745 miles, and it will recharge in 10 minutes. Wow.
0: Well, to tell us more about where Toyota is going, joining us now is Jordan Choby, Group Vice President of the Powertrain Division. Jordan, can you tell us a little bit about what that means and what you are responsible for?
5: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm very fortunate to oversee our North America R&D Powertrain team. Um, our R&D team has been here in North America for over 50 years. And the powertrain team covers a really wide range of products. So from internal combustion engines, the design and calibration, to hybrids, plug-in hybrids, we're growing our EV powertrain and battery development responsibility, and even into hydrogen fuel cell, light duty, and commercial products. As far as where we're going, I truly can see daily the shift that's ongoing from our, you know, just light duty cars and trucks into the larger mobility and ecosystem space. Again, we're developing vehicles and powertrains differently. Our electrification span expanding, um, not just one form but many forms, especially for us as Toyota. Uh, software-defined vehicles a key theme in my area, and again, just working on that different type of product. For example, we started to work on a Class Eight hydrogen fuel cell truck that we plan to commercialize with a partner and we've even shared some activity ongoing to create zero emissions stationary power using that same hydrogen fuel cell model. So an exciting time to be in the powertrain world.
1: Jordan, Toyota has launched quite a bit of new product lately. What can you tell us about your newest offerings?
5: That's right, many new products. Um, The first one our team here has spent a ton of effort developing is the new Tacoma. So all new platform, uh, unique suspension for every grade, segment first isodynamic seat on TRD Pro, but from powertrain point of view, also all new. Uh, we also worked on a full hybrid or called a strong hybrid. We call it the i-Force Max. This uh, includes the same 2.4 L4 turbo, 8AT, but also includes a one motor hybrid system in there. So very exciting products from that. Even fun fact, our first solid state battery is inside the new Tacoma. It's actually part of the portable JBL speaker, so a unique application for solid state, but a lot of technology in that new truck. The new Camry is is coming out as well. For the first time, it's hybrid only, uh, increasing horsepower, nearly 30 horsepower, um, great fuel economy, and it's developed and manufactured here in the US. And finally, our latest announcements, the Crown Signia 2025, that will be launched. Uh, The Crown Legacy uh, nameplate exists in Japan but it's now the second vehicle in the U.S. So the Signia is a mid-sized two-row SUV. It only has a hybrid powertrain, a 2.5-liter four-cylinder. It has two motors in the transaxle, then one motor in the rear e-axle. Um, 243 horsepower. It manufactured estimated 36 combined MPG, and it can even tow. So 2,700 pounds towing.
0: Speaking of hybrids, the Prius was just awarded. Motor Trend Car of the Year, which is interesting because the first Prius was launched over 20 years ago. With so many new Toyota hybrids coming to market, what does this mean for Toyota's electric future?
5: Yeah, first, like you mentioned, it's amazing to believe the Prius has already been out for 23 years. And a uh, fun fact, the Prius also won Car of the Year back in 2004. So really honored to win that award again So the is 57 miles per gallon combined label fuel economy. And affordability, the vehicle starts in a $27,000 range. So just the, the Prius is the right car for this moment. Um, as as we believe here at Toyota, hybrids do serve an important role as we accelerate into the future. So we believe in an all electric future. We're committed to reducing carbon emissions as soon as possible and long into the future. So hybrids, plug-in hybrids and EVs are, are kind of our one, two, three combo to reduce carbon. Um, We have and do have aggressive battery EV sales targets working in the future, but as that ramp-up occurs, we can have a large impact on reducing carbon today with the sale of hybrids and PHEVs. So along with that, choice and affordability for our customers matters. Um, A one-size-fits-all approach right now is hard to meet all the customer and industry needs.
1: When it comes to batteries, Toyota recently announced their new solid-state batteries. What can you tell us about when these batteries will appear in future electric vehicles?
5: Yes, we're very excited for some new battery technology that we're preparing to release. So for solid state, our first and foremost focus is improving safety, making sure that we can guarantee that fundamental requirement for all our vehicles that we produce as Toyota. Also, solid state's able to improve charging times, extend cruising range, and and boost performance or boost output. The biggest technical development item we've worked through is improving durability of solid state. We have to guarantee that that solid electrolyte can uh, perform without issue issue through the many charge and discharge cycles in the vehicle. To do that, we partnered with Edimitsu. Uh, We've been working with them for over 10 years. And through that, we have a material now that's called uh, sulfide solid electrolytes. It's a flexible, highly adhesive and crack resistant solid electrolyte. As far as moving to commercialization, we have a small scale pilot operation ongoing now, and we're moving for our, again, first commercialization step, a large scale pilot plant operating in 2027, then moving to larger mass production phase in 2030. So very exciting time for us as we improve upon our, our battery technology for BEVs.
0: We've been talking a lot about range anxiety in this episode, and concern with battery electric vehicles has a lot to do with that. So will solid-state batteries Toyota recently announced help eliminate range anxiety?
5: Range anxiety is something we also see as a concern point for some BEV customers. And the answer is yes. We've been working on a range of new technology to improve um, EV range. The first is battery technology. We have multiple new lithium-ion cell technologies coming. Uh we shared mono and bipolar architecture batteries, of course, liquid and solid state, as well as LFP cells. Again, these can help improve range, charging speed, and many can reduce cost. But along with that, we're also making sure to develop other technologies, uh, for example, vehicle and powertrain technologies. Uh, new vehicle platforms are being worked on. This can help contribute, for example, to, to reducing aerodynamics, as well as new e-axles for BEVs, improving efficiency. But often when we talk about range anxiety, we also really also uh, focus on charging anxiety. So we want to be careful that uh, each vehicle is not carrying excessive amounts of battery. That's kind of you know maybe uh, wasteful as far as a cost point of view. But it's important to have very good, reasonable, realistic, uh, real world range performance, coupled with great home and then public charging. So Toyota's working on a range of products. And one i think is really important is a program we call as impact so this is kind of a, a core project for us showing our our goal of mobility for all so we're working to make sure that there is public charging solutions in underserved communities and maybe more information to come about that one
1: we understand that toyota is working with tesla to adopt the north american charging standard does this mean toyota evs will be able to use tesla charging networks And when will these new Toyotas be equipped with these adapters?
5: Yes, we will be adopting the North American Charging Standard Plug, or NACs for short, uh, into Toyota and Lexus battery EV vehicles. Uh, This will become standard in models built after 2025. For BEV vehicles built and sold before this, customers will have access to an adapter that allows them to use the NACs compatible charging stations. And as far as uh, BEVs being able to access the supercharger, the answer is yes. Uh, this agreement will begin in 2025.
0: Jordan, what's in store for the future? What can you tell us about plans for future Toyota EVs?
5: That's right, right now we offer the Toyota BZ4X and Lexus RZ, the great midsize BEV vehicles. Uh, we've announced that we will be offering a new three row BEV built at our Kentucky plant for the 2025 model year. And as far as uh, looking forward, uh, we have Goals really aggressive goals of offering ten new BEV vehicles, with a target annual sales of one point five million globally by twenty twenty six. Then for twenty thirty, moving that goal up to thirty new new uh, BEV models with three point five million units sold globally. As far as technology, we recently shared a lot of other items we've been working on at the Tokyo Motor Show. Uh, there's some all new platform BEV vehicles. Uh, it's a BEV sports car with nearly uh, two seconds zero to sixty and even a manual BEV transmission concept. So a lot of really exciting and cool technology and products in the pipeline, so stay tuned.
1: Thank you for spending time with us today, Jordan. We look forward to hearing from you again soon.
0: So today we've learned that advances in battery technology and an ever-expanding charging network will soon make range anxiety a thing of the past.
1: Right, and solid state batteries could mean your EV will have a range of over 700 miles and only take 10 minutes to charge.
0: And as those charging stations expand, continue to expand, consumers worry over recharging pretty much vanish altogether.
1: That's the hope.
0: A recent study by the American Automobile Association reveals that current EV owners' range anxiety fears dissipate once they get used to driving an electric car.
1: Yep, and the study shows that 95% of those in the survey have never run out of juice, even though their average mileage is up Over driving a gas-powered car. As for access to charging stations, 70% of EV owners don't see that as a problem since they simply charge their vehicles overnight at home.
0: And get this, that study also notes that people who own both a gas car and an electric vehicle drive their EVs 87% of the time.
1: Right. With all that to think about, let's go back to our interviewees outside and see what they have to say.
2: Well, it just came down to planning. And at the end of the day, I was already planning. So, I mean, I was, but with a gas vehicle, I was already looking at where the gas stations were and what to expect. And the irony is there actually is more applications for electric vehicles. So it was really just came down to a lot more enjoyable to plan ahead with electric vehicle and seeing that the apps have all the charging ports and the stations and what types they are. Yeah, it was more enjoyable. Now I'm at the
3: point where I want to go on longer road trips. We went on a road trip a couple of weekends ago and um, was able to plan out our different stops and um, along the way it tells you where you can eat if you have to charge for a little while makes you slow down a little bit worked out perfectly I i have zero range anxiety at this point and i'm liking the ev experience because now it is it forces me to take a little more time in my day and look around and just enjoy traveling rather than just being in a hurry to get somewhere
4: I've been driving electric cars for over 10 years, and it got to the point early on where I knew if I was going to make a trip that started to flirt with the edge of of my charge, my mileage, I would do research. I would jump on a map software and and find out how far I was going. I would look into what other charging stations might be along the way If if I got into trouble. I was very aware, hyper aware of the range that the car would make
2: to be honest i didn't understand what range anxiety was until i started looking into the details about it i honestly feel like range anxiety wasn't something as a gas driver like you don't think about that with a combustion engine it's not something that's on your your mind but then as you look into moving into electrical vehicle then it becomes one of those things where you suddenly you see there's a lot more stories about people being concerned about how far they can drive and um All those simple issues I think you're already dealing with with a gas vehicle. What would you say to somebody who's looking to get into an electric vehicle that has a gas car? I say go for it.
3: If you live in the city, you should um, definitely um, consider you're going to get really good gas mileage. Um, The Chevy Bolt, for example, it has um, the world record for the most miles of a production car. Obviously, that's only going like 20 miles an hour or something like that, but it's it's an incredible amount of range. But um, just... Do your research and um, feel free
4: to reach out to people who own the vehicle. We're standing in downtown Ashland, Oregon, and there are 10 EV chargers, level two EV chargers that are free. That's a very unusual situation and one I have an enormous amount of gratitude for the city of Ashland for. My wife and I have only lived here for a little over a year, and we lived in Los Angeles for 35 years before this. And I drive frequently from LA to Ashland and back for work, and I do it in the electric car. So I have figured out how to charge on level three chargers for 40 to 50 minutes on four different occasions to make that mileage happen. But when we're here, we don't even have an EV charger in our home because the city of Ashland has provided this parking lot for us. And it's been fantastic.
2: The range anxiety seized and eased in my mind really when I started comparing it to the gas vehicles. And the ease really just became, the more I became more familiar with what I was dealing with, it just like anything else, the more you do it, the more used to you get.
3: I did a lot of research when I was trying to figure out if rain anxiety was going to greatly affect me. I also looked at charging locations near near my, my house and places I was going to travel to and um, got on Reddit and a variety of other sites out there. Uh, there's also a bunch of apps, um, better a better route planner, PlugShare, and those all kind of helped alleviate Um, what I thought was going to be, you know, not being able to find a place to charge.
2: So does your bike fit in the back of your bolt?
4: It does, even with wheels on. Yeah. And I've gotten to the habit now when I make a long trip in the electric car and I I stop to charge. I will either stop somewhere where I can jump on the bike and go and ride for an hour to get a little workout in, which is nice. It breaks up the trip. Or I'll stop and charge somewhere where there's a coffee house nearby with Wi-Fi and I'll just sit down with a laptop and keep up on work.
1: And that wraps up this episode of Green Cars, the podcast. What do you think of range anxiety? We'd love to know. Let us know in the comments below.
0: And when it comes to EVs, stay informed and stay charged. We'll see you next time. Follow us at Green Cars HQ. Email us, podcast at greencars.com.